to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. Hello, everyone. We are back to another edition of Keys to the City. I am your host, Trevor T, alongside the big brother, T3, Ted Keys. Ted, we already got one half of the NBA final set after last night's convincing win in the fourth quarter from the Golden State Warriors as they take out the Dallas Mavericks in five, four to one. So who will the Golden State Warriors be playing, though? Ted, I got a date. June 16th of 2010. Why do I bring this up? Why is this date so specific? Well, that was game seven of the 2010 NBA Finals. It was the last time the Boston Celtics made the NBA Finals. We got to think about what that team was like in 2010. KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo. Coming to the end of their careers with the exception of Rajon Rondo. Now we look back 12 years later, and the Boston Celtics are 48 minutes away. From the first NBA Finals, the parents since that day. And look at how different it is. I know people will say, well, well, you had the game in 2017. You had the Eastern Conference Finals in 2017. I get that. But Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown weren't super or were superstars. They were Jalen Brown was in the league for one season. Jason Tatum was a rookie. This is a whole different team. This is a whole new look Boston team, a more experienced team. The leadership. You see this core still stuck intact. I'm going to ask you, Ted. Do you think this is the biggest game since the Game 7 of the 2010 NBA Finals for the Boston Celtics? Oh, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. This is the closest the Celtics have been. I mean, they're literally one game away from going to the Finals. They were up 3-2, what was it, in the 2010 uh, Eastern Conference Finals against Miami Heat, and they end up losing. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals six times since 2010. Mm-hmm. Not once have they been to the NBA Finals. And something that the Celtics organization has preached to the fans. I'm going to look at it as like a Celtics fan, right? Even though I'm not really a Celtics fan, but I I enjoy watching the Celtics. Is remember like the past? Like it feels like forever, right? Yeah. That they were stocking, stockpiling picks and picks and picks, right? And they kept saying, like, be patient, be patient, be patient. Like, kind of like their common. version of trust the process. Like, oh, why don't you go get Paul George? Or why don't you go get Anthony Davis? Or why don't you tr- begin the season? Why you got to split up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Yeah. This is here's what I say. This is the reason why this game has significant importance is you don't want to have give Miami any hope and go back home and let Miami have a chance on their home court to possibly win game seven. You want to close it out home. You're going to have the advantage. You're the healthier. You're the better team. I had picked you in six. They should win in six. Here's the other thing why I say this game is significant. Because if you do lose and you end up going to game seven, right? And I'm listening. It doesn't mean they can't win in Miami. They've proven that already. Yeah. But they don't win. you got to look at this. You beat the Nets this year and you swept them with all the dis- – the dis- the dysfunction of the Brooklyn Nets, right? So you, you took advantage of a team that was totally dysfunctional, right? Then in the second round, you played the Milwaukee Bucks, and they were out. They were missing their second best player in Chris Middleton, and you were able to wear down Giannis. You might not be able to get back here again next year because I look at the division, I look at the conference and go, yep. 
Brooklyn should be better next year. If worst case scenario, they should be better because the COVID stuff and Kyrie will play more games and there'll be more chemistry. Whoa, 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 whoa. let's we should not. We, I let's pause. I, I, I know, I know what you're saying, but let's pause the breaks on that whole Kyrie thing because Absolutely. we don't know where the but, hell Kyrie is. But here's be. the thing: even with that said, maybe they're a better team without him. Okay, but if they are, if he's playing more games, they're a better team because the yeah. chemistry's better. I, Milwaukee will bring back their team, and Middleton will be back healthier. Miami. Is hurt right now too. You got to take the wounded. You, yeah, you got to take. You got to take. You got to take out the wounded animal. One hundred percent agree, take, Ted. Take and, advantage. And then here's the other thing: What does Philly do? Does Philly get better? Does the near the year of James Harden with Joel Embiid and maybe a couple moves? They, here's a, the Eastern Conference ain't going nowhere. All right, yeah. you got really good teams in the Eastern Conference. You took advantage of a Brooklyn team that's dis- in disarray. You took advantage of a hurt team in the Bucks. The Miami Heat team is beat up right now, and you got to capitalize on this opportunity. This is a golden opportunity, and this, for me, as a Celtics fan or as a fan from the outside, going, you got to win. You got to take advantage of your opportunities. They're few and, and far between. So, yeah, take care of business. I, I, no, I, win at home, I, and, and you ha- and you want to prove that everything you did, not trading for these guys, and living with the draft, and building with Jalen Brown and Tatum. And Marcus Smart is the reason why you're going to go to the NBA Finals, and you're going to have an opportunity to bring another championship to Boston. Well, that, well that's the thing. We think. Let's go back. I mean, don't you think this is their best opportunity to win? I, I'll, I'll the answer that. Let me. I'll since they've been in the finals, these are not agree. Let me. I'll answer that in one second. I just want to say, Game Five was like we've seen how this series is going the first four games up up until Game Five, and then you felt Game Five. It was it was close. We're going to halftime. Oh my goodness! This, it sounds like finally. It kind of just felt like the same old film. Like you're just waiting for that that moment to change in the movie, and it was just the same script. It was the same plot and the same storyline. Second half is where this series has been the difference maker. And the Boston Celtics did that again in Game Five. Why they're up three two? It's just been this type of series, a series that we all have been waiting for, and. In a way, it really hasn't delivered in the sense of it's been competitive. It's been a hard-nosed series. There's been a it's been a bloodbath, but the score doesn't speak about the competitiveness that's been going on. But you looked at game five and you felt like, okay, maybe this first half, maybe we're gonna have something good. Here we go. The best of three. Here we go. But it just wasn't that. And then Ted, to answer your question, yes. If the Boston Celtics don't win this series, do you start asking yourself with I know Jason Tatum's emerges as an all NBA player and a, a superstar Jalen Brown's as a great, great one of the better number twos in the league and just having the same core. If they don't win this series, especially with the Miami heat being a uh, man down, how about men down? Because they have multiple players, impactful players that we don't know are going to play tonight. Tyler Harrell, Kyle Lowry, just ongoing injuries. Jimmy Butler. If they don't win this series, have the Boston Celtics reached their peak as a team? Because we've been waiting for five, kind of like the New York Yankees. The Boston Celtics got to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2017. And as a young, inexperienced team, went to Game 7 with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I know that Cleveland Cavaliers team was not great. But LeBron James was all-time great that series, that postseason specifically. And they went to seven games with them. Then we waited. Okay, now they're in. Now they're starting. Okay, now it looks like they're going to be the team to beat in the Eastern Conference for years to come because we knew LeBron was maybe going to move on to a different place, the Western Conference, which eventually became the Lakers, and we're still waiting for it. Kind of like the New York Yankees. 
The Yankees went to the ALCS in 2017 and we weren't waiting. Okay, here we go. And it's still been the same kind of story. It's like, are they going to get over the hump this year? The Yankees, we still don't know. Right now they're playing great, but we don't know. The Boston Celtics, early on this season, we're at one point saying, oh, we're going to split up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Well, it looks like that question is out for debate. It's not out for debate. It's done with. It's over with. But if they don't win this series, have they reached their peak is the question. That's Especially what people are going to start asking. The conference finals as many times as they have. And, you, yeah. and listen, we know these opportunities don't come, don't happen often. They mm-hmm. don't happen often. And we know what that the NBA free agency and offseason is coming up. Mm-hmm. And we always know the move. There's moves in the draft, so yeah, you know. Hey, listen, this is your opportunity, Boston. You're home. Capitalize it. Get ready for the the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors, just like I had predicted before the series started. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It just kind of speaks to the volumes of, to be honest, the, just the dominance of LeBron James to just do just to what he did each and every year to get to an NBA finals, to dominate a conference for so long, just like how Jordan did it. And to see LeBron do it, it just speaks to how difficult it is and how more just that much more impressive to what LeBron has done winning that many Eastern conference titles, getting to the finals for 10 straight, just getting there all that time. It just speaks how impressive it was. And the Boston Celtics, you're 48 minutes away from being the Eastern Conference champions, going to the NBA Finals for the first time since June 16th of 2010, the last time they were in an NBA Finals game, Game 7. This, without question, is the biggest game in the Boston Celtics franchise the past 12 years. And it shouldn't even be a debate. Because we thought about it five years ago, that was an inexperienced team. We are ba- We are now at... They're at this their is peak. A better, listen, they're this at, is a better, they're at their peak the level. They, they, team. You've you been here before. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and and Tatum have and been here thing. before. They've Al already been, played in conference finals. They, this is not a rookie team. You've been here before, right? Yeah. We we talk about it like with the Yankees. You've been. This is the same core has been there. All right. You yep. got to get over the hump, or we're going to have to break up the core and start from scratch. And I don't say break up the entire core, but we might have to make a significant move in the offseason other than just switching our coach yeah. to be able to compete and win an NBA Finals. I mean, right now, we'll see how – If you like ain't I winning, said, you're losing. Like but, like uh, Ricky Bobby said, you ain't first, you're last. That's the truth. I mean, you just think about it. With this series, with the way it's been going – we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to be played out. It's been a bit of a surprise that this series has just not been in the sense of scores. Competitiveness, it's at an all-time high. Score-wise, and just the way the balance of each game has been, it's been anything but that. But let's bring in our third party, the Joseph Aguirre, as he is back talking some baseball. But no, we're not talking New York Yankee baseball. We're talking about the landscape of the MLB right now. And we're just talking about surprises. The Boston Celtics back in January were in the 11th place. We all thought that this was over with. And look at that. They're in They're 48 minutes away from going to an NBA Finals. So surprises, that is a bit of surprise. But what about baseball? 
there's been a lot going on. There's been huge names that moved in the offseason, teams making big splashes, World Series-type teams making big splashes. But, Joe, I'm going to start off with you. Biggest disappointment, or if you have a surprise, so far from the MLB season. Now, let's let's take this into consideration. doesn't have to be any specific team. doesn't have to be a player. It could just be the league overall for you from what you've seen with these first 40-plus games going on so far. Well, if we were going that route, I would say just hitting in general is pathetic. But I'm going to actually pinpoint some specific teams and people. Number one on the list, maybe one of the biggest free agent signings in the offseason, seven years, $175 million. Marcus Simeon has still not hit a home run this year. Yeah, that's... Uh... I mean, that is terrible. He's got a non-base percentage of 216 and 139 at-bats. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Joey Votto of the Reds. I don't even know how Joey Votto was still in Major League Baseball. I can't believe Joey Votto's still on the Reds, though. Like, I wish Joey yeah. Votto was on another <laughs> team. Like, give him a chance to go try to win a World Series, for day, for goodness sake. 90 plate appearances, a 122 average, and a double, if you want to talk about his extra base hit this year. Uh, And then Nelson Cruz, who's been so great for so long, hitting 194 uh, with with an OBS of 298. He's he's laughing like it's that. It's all. It's that. (laughs) It's a little bit amusing. Um, It is. It is. You know, it's funny. I was listening to uh, Chris Bassett. of the Mets talking about the baseballs and they were like, what specifically is the problem? He was like, there's, there's no consistency in the balls. Yeah. Every ball they throw out, is like, like a new animal and you could see the effect it's having as far as the biggest disappointments. Um, the Boston Red Sox, I think you guys will all agree. Every Red Sox fan we knew last year when they had quite a year, uh-huh. Despite all the injuries, they were like, wait till next year. Oh, we're waiting. Uh, how's that going? 21 and 23, 10 games back of the Yankees right now. Uh, the Chicago White Sox. I'm also disappointed in this whole Josh Donaldson thing and the way that turned out. You guys, you guys know where I stand politically. There was nothing racist about what Josh Donaldson said. And when people start throwing around the term racist to every little thing, you really do cheapen it and you lessen it. And I, 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 again, was, was Josh Donaldson, was he trying to calm the situation down or was he antagonizing? Teddy, he was antagonizing. We know Tim how Josh Anderson. Donald's personality is, and he is not a calm, he's not a calm person. He's definitely a person that likes but to, you know, there was nothing racist, the fire. nothing okay. racist behind what he said, but let's talk about the Chicago White Sox, yeah. 22 and 22, four and a half games back of Minnesota. An incredibly disappointing team. Um, the the pitching's been pretty poor of late, uh, yeah. especially of late. Uh, and then the Detroit Tigers. I know they may not jump out at you, but they got off to a nine and twenty four start last year. And you may not know this, but they played five hundred ball the rest of the way. They're actually one of the more surprising teams after the second uh, after the All Star break. I remember. Yeah. And then they go out and sign. Like you said, they go out and add some pieces to get A.J. Hinch, who's a, a World Series manager. And then you go sign Javi Baez, one of the bigger signings of the offseason. It just hasn't worked out. This is a team that's that – I know he has, yes. but he's been dealing with it, a lingering issue too, an uh, injury issue. And this is a team that's been in rebuild mode for some time now. They've been getting high draft picks and still, still is a struggle. But 
You said the White Sox, too. That was one of the teams that a lot of people see. I look at this AL Central and the Twins have to be the funniest team within the past like 10 years, because every year it feels like the Minnesota Twins, kind of like the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody has high expectations of these these Minnesota teams for some reason. And the Minnesota Twins, I remember last year when people were like, oh, the Twins are going to be one of the favorites to win the World Series. They were god-awful last year. This year, oh, the Twins are going to be god-awful. Well, right now they're in first place. So the Minnesota Twins are just a, a topsy-turvy, odd and odd type of team in baseball. Maybe it's a Minnesota thing. I'm not, not knocking Minnesota. I'm not knocking the state of Minnesota. I'm just saying. But, like, you just think about, like, the talent. The Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Vikings. And then the Minnesota Twins, they all got great talent. They just can't win anything. Like, they can't win a championship in any of their sports. It, it just doesn't come together for some odd reason. They go out, go, go um, out and get Carlos Correa. Then they go get Gio Urshela, Gary Sanchez. You get Byron Buxton, who's been having a heck of a season so far. If he can stay healthy, one of the more talented players in baseball. But I guess we also got to talk about Ted. I'm going to lead you right into your next point, I think, because me and you are very surprised so far. Now, we all have to remember there's still over 100 games left in this season. Joe, could we be seeing Otani and Mike Trout finally possibly getting into the postseason this year? What do you think, Ted? Well, I was just wondering where I was going with the disappointments. I mean, I... I They're I, all over the place. Well, no, I was letting you speak for once. You know what I mean? And I was and I was doing a little research. Now, I do agree <laughs> with Joe on the Trevor Simeon and everything he had stated. Trevor my biggest disappointment. My biggest that's disappointment. A that's a combination. Listen, I can go with players, but it's only forty games in. I'm not going to knock like Salvador Perez, who had a huge season last year, struggling right now. You know, Trevor Story's been hot, but he would have been if you asked me a week or two ago, he would have been one of the biggest disappointments. I would say this: if I know we're not going to talk about it again, we're not going to repeat ourselves. But what we've seen again, and Joe said on last week's show is. Look at all the guys that got the big contracts this offseason, pitchers and hitters. No one's really lived up to the billion. Now, listen, I know it's early. Things turn around. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, the Braves, again, are below 500 like they were last year, but they end up winning the World Series. Two years ago, the Nationals were below 500. They end up winning the World Series. So I'm not going to do I'm not going to pick on players. The two biggest things for me are the two Eastern teams that I had with, that I – thought would be much more improved. It's the Toronto Blue Jays, who everyone had, except for me, winning the division. Everyone, Toronto's going to be in the World Series. They got this. This lineup is stacked. Blah, blah, blah. I picked the Rays. I picked Listen, the Rays. You picked the Rays. I picked the Yankees, and you thought I was crazy again, and I really thought I'm just Yankees not picking good. the Yankees, because every time I pick the Yankees or something, they just heartbreak. So, so I'm just staying away Disappointment-wise right now, it'd be here's my three teams. It'd be the Phillies again. I know their pitching is awful. But they have, they have a stack offensive lineup. It should carry them like the Red Sox have been carried in the last 10 games. It should be much better than it has been. The White Sox are last in defense run above a replacement, which means they just don't play good defense, and they're awful, and they run their mouth. Shut up, Tony Wusa, before I give you a smack. I can't yeah. stand it. The guys should, just, listen, yeah, just, you know what, Joe, and I don't want to get into this, but the reason why this issue is still being talked about is because his dumbass literally made it a racist thing. When Literally, you could have just kept your mouth shut and said, it's something that we'll handle in-house, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about it. You did Once you bring out the race card, it becomes a bigger issue than it really has. Teddy, not only that, but he was like, it was a racist comment. We'll just leave it at that. And it's like, well, I don't know if we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. So, Maybe we should right? explore but the, that a little. The White Sox right now being not playing good baseball, even though they've been playing much better. Maybe the Yankees fueled them, so we'll see what happens with that. But also the Blue Jays. They have not played well this season. All these guys with Vlad and, and – 
and all the players at this lineup, they, I know they're fourth in the MLB in home runs, but they're still not playing the way most people have projected. That's why the Yankees are in first place, because they lead the league in home runs. And, Joe, we've talked about it since we did the show four or five years ago. When the Yankees hit home runs, they win ba- they win baseball games. So, but Trev, if you want to go to surprise, jump right on it. Me, I, For me, it's, it's how well the Yankees have played. I know it's like, oh, you're not me. No, listen. <laughs> Other th- I'm going to start quick with the Yankees. Me and Joe just real- don't even bring up the Yankees. Ted wants to still talk about the Yankees. Well, because here's the thing. It's not a, oh, hold on. It's like, shouldn't. Listen, you they're the best question. team in baseball. Listen, all right, they okay. are the best team in baseball right now. All right. And Let me just- it's because of the things that it's not because of hitting. It's because of their pitching. Okay, Nestor okay. Cortez has got a less than a two ERA. Of course, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Here's, Go ahead. Here's my thing. The Yankees should never be in the. Surprise category. The name says it enough. They're the New York Yankees. They have the, the best record in baseball. Okay, okay hold wait. on, hold on, wait, wait, be, wait, wait. Be, hold on. Listen, be, be, beyond the best record of baseball, they have a seven eleven winning percentage. Joe, they have thirteen me, comeback victories this right, season. Yes, which means to they me, have more than anyone else, and they've lost thirteen games, which means they've had twenty six opportunities to be undefeated and add be fifties, what fifty five, fifty six, and zero. That's what, what I'm saying is if we've talked about this Yankee teams when the best winning percentage and team with the most comeback wins was the 2004 Yankees. This this team a couple when they come back it fuels them. It's and and, and they're winning in multiple ways and guys are picking up. Now I'm, I don't want to talk about the Yankees. The other yeah, surprise for me Trev was what you started on the conference. Hold on. And I know you're going to go back to the Yankees was the improvement of the Los Angeles Angels. Not just their hitting but their pitching, their bullpen, and their starting pitching has been much better than it has been the four or five years, and that's part of the reason why they are a couple games behind the Astros and have a really good chance of winning that division and possibly making a World Series because of their pitching. Sorry, go on. My my thing about the Yankees, uh, just quickly based – just quickly on the Yankees. I'm not talking about Yankees. The Yankees, should never, the Yankees should never be in the surprise category just because of the fact that this is what we expect them to do year in and year out. It's just been surprising in the sense of, oh, well, maybe it's all coming together. And the results, I know it's the regular season, and we're still waiting to see what happens in the postseason because this team is, other than the Dodgers, they're the most talented team on paper for the past five years, and you guys can't disagree with that. Well, I, listen, I would say this: it's the just, Blue Jays might be as much talented as the Yankees. The past I mean, five years, this, I just said the past five years. Uh-oh. Ted, tell me a team. I don't care about five years. I care about now. I care All about right. tomorrow. All right, listen again. About, you don't like it? Oh, you don't neither, want to get argumentative. Neither one you of you is wrong. Neither of you is wrong. And and listen, the, to me, the reason the Yankees are one of the biggest surprises in baseball is because of what a great start they've gotten off to and the fact that it's been fueled by Nestor Cortez. So in that respect, I get it. Also, the fact that this is not a, a, a live or die by the home run Yankees team, by the fact that the biggest surprise as far as this idea that we were going to put a, a priority on defense and it was going to directly lead to the best record in baseball 50 games. Like, that's crazy. That is the surprising part. No, I think it's I unfair. It's unfair to say the Yankees should be there because historically they've gotten off to terrible starts in the last five years. And they dig themselves out of the hole because, like Trevor said, they're so good. But the idea that they're already 
five and a half up, playing great baseball. To me, this just sets the pace for the rest of the year for the Yankees uh, to possibly historic heights. Trev, I do agree with you. You are right. It's like saying, I mean, like when Brady was with the Patriots, it's like, oh, they're they're like eight and oh, it's like surprise, not real. I mean, because I would have said their component, I would have said maybe certain people on the Yankees, maybe not the team itself, they should be great, Trev. You're right. They have Aaron Judge, they have Stan, they have DJ, they have Joey Gallo, they have Glaber Torres, they have all stars, they have Garrett Cole. Maybe this surprise should be that Nestor Cortez is the best pitcher on that staff. All right. Maybe that should have been the surprise that he's the horse on this team. He's the one that's carried him. He pitched another great game last night. I think what else maybe I should have referenced it is this, Trev, and I'll get off the Yankees because I know we want to talk more than the Yankees. And I probably should have said the Mets too is how much more dominant the Yankees look right now compared to their division opponents. When you, me, and Joe, when we did our preview, you didn't pick the Yankees, Joe. Did you pick the Yankees to win the division? I did not. I have I the did. Yankees as a wild card, yeah. Okay, so you think about – now, I know it's early in the season. It's only a quarter. We're not going to get freaked out, blah, blah, blah. But what are they? I'm going to make sure I'm correct, Trev. They are five and a half games up on the Rays, seven up on the Blue Jays, and ten and a half in the Red Sox. And I think if you were a realistic fan of all Major League Baseball, not just a Yankee fan race, you would have said this division would have been a much tighter race right now earlier in the season. For the Yankees to be able to be ten games up on the Red Sox, only like, what, 50 games in, 45 games? That's big. I mean, that's – I mean, we're not talking 100 games in. We're talking – they've jumped that much considering – the second week of the season, they had to come back twice against the Red Sox when they could have gotten swept. And it just I think it speaks to where the Yankees are at right now. Go ahead. Trevor. I think I think my biggest surprise is um it's a two-man race currently with the AL Cy Young to me so far, with the unknown name of Nestor Cortez against the Hall of Famer, Justin Verlander, coming off of Tommy John and has been lights out for Houston Astros has been lights out right now for a Houston Astros team that's currently standing in first place of the AL West, 6-1, and 1.22 ERA. I mean, this is a guy that's coming off of Tommy John surgery. This is this is like Adrian What's Peterson. What's he, 39 years old? This is like Adrian Peterson coming off of his torn ACL <laughs> and winning the damn MVP the following year. And well, yeah, he got and, and we also, yeah, he also, he was eight yards short of Eric Dickerson's all-time uh, rushing season. And... You think about how Adrian Peterson got hurt that year. He got hurt on Christmas Eve, or I believe it was one of the last two weeks against the Washington Redskins at the time. Yes, the Redskins at the time. And we didn't think Adrian Peterson would ever be the same again. And the man came back, and and Adrian Peterson's superhuman is a a super freak. So we got hope for Saquon. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) But we can only hope. That's another story for down the road. But then you look at Justin Verlander, Tommy John for baseball players, for pitchers specifically, is like the torn ACL or torn ACL for football players and a torn Achilles for basketball players. It's just sometimes players perform, come back and are better than ever. And some players just don't ever come back and are never the same. But to see Justin Verlander right now, 6-1, ERA, and battling it out with the unknown familiar face. Now, we, us Yankee fans, know who Nestor Cortez is because he was very very good last year, too. But to see them right now, it's it's almost like a two, it's a two-horse race. And to see those two guys in just different styles, too. Verlander Hall of Famer, Nestor Cortez, the unsung hero right now, batting it out. It's definitely the biggest surprise to me. If I'm, I'm not even going to talk about a team. It's just very surprising to see that Justin Verlander is 
pitching like Justin Verlander like it was 2010, and he's been tremendous, and it's a big reason why the Houston Astros still hold the AL West lead currently. And then Nesta Cortez, like you said, guys, he's been the ace of the staff. We picked he's, up Garrett Cole. When Garrett, Cole's, when Garrett Cole's had his off games, you got a guy like Severino has had his off games. You have a guy like Nesta Cortez who's been absolutely lights out. And it was another tremendous performance last night against a Rays team who we know, Yankee fans, have been the kryptonite for us for some time now. Disappointment? Yeah, just, a, I mean, it's obvious. Just those big, big contracts, those shortstop guys, Ever since I talked about Trevor's story, he's just been lights out. I'm not going to talk about players anymore, bad, because every time they do, they just they just say, hey, Trev. Talk bad about Scoot. Joey Gallo. No, talk bad talk. about Joey I'm Gallo. I'm done with Joey Gallo. <laughs> Anyways, the all it's just those obvious, those big-name shortstop contracts that came out this offseason, and like we talked about a couple weeks ago, other than Trevor's story, who's been lights out the past two, who's been dominating the past couple weeks, that core, that group, just hasn't performed to the level of those contracts. And that is a huge surprise. And it's one of the reasons why some of these teams are struggling. That's my, maybe, those are my maybe biggest, biggest surprises. All the bashing we do of Cashman. He wasn't too far off when he picked up a guy like Nestor Cortez or last year when he made a move for Clay Holmes, who's got 23 innings of scoreless ball. And I think it's the longest for a Yankee or something since 2008 when Mariano Rivera was their closer. I mean, and, and here's the other thing. The batting average for all catchers in Major League Baseball, the average, is 214. Jose Trevino is batting like 245. He's been one of the better catchers in baseball, and now, because of Higgy's situation, has turned into the number one catcher for the Yankees. But, Trev, I, I know we don't talk about him. I just think all three of us should talk about him quick. Joey, I know you follow him. Trev, you follow him. The Mets, man. The Mets are winning. They're finding ways to win. Absolutely. Their offense, which usually is their issue, is – is much better this year. The big man, the polar bear, he's you definitely know, in contention for MVP. Him, Machado, and I don't know, Mookie Betts has been really hot lately too. Yeah. But they're also winning without their two big aces, Scherzer and DeGrom. And if I'm a Mets fan, that's a lot of hope. That's and a you lot. Think. I mean, they also you have know, to... I mean, you're going to get Scherzer back. He'll be Scherzer. I expect that. And I would hold him out. And you know you're going to get DeGrom back. One way or another, you're going to get him back. You get him in June. You get him in July. Whatever. You're going to get maybe the two best pitchers in baseball back after the All-Star break. As long as you can maintain that lead, which they have been so far, and partly due to their offense, which is surprising as a Mets fan. It's it's as a, I'll put it this way. As a New York fan, to see the Mets winning, to see the Yankees winning, to see the Rangers in the, in the playoffs doing really well. It's starting to have some positivity because we're always talking about the negativity as a New York fan, right? We're always the Giants suck, the Jets no, suck, the Rangers not good. The Islanders hasn't been much to glam about. Knicks are offered, but now to see both baseball teams playing good baseball, playing well, I think Buck Showalter has re rejuvenized and and made this team the Mets where we thought they should have been the last couple of years. That's why they have the, the best because that's a competitive division too. Just it's like not, the AL, it's, it's it's not really a competitive division right now. They have the biggest lead of all teams, of all league leader of league division leaders right now at seven and a half games. So right now the Mets, the Mets are they're they're doing business. They're taking care of business right now. I know they got the big injuries, the two guys, the two horses, the two aces, but they're taking care of business. Why they got a huge lead in the NL East early on in the season? But yeah, the two the, the Yankees and Mets seeing them atop both of the MLB. Dodgers not surprised. That's a huge thing for New York fans, too. It's a big deal for New York fans. So, it's a positive. You, it's, it's, it's I'm not buying the Mets. 
Joe not buying the Mets. No, uh, what, what, I, do you, I think, what do you need? What do you need? August, September. I, I, mean, yeah. I would need. I would need the last week of September. I need Degrom and Scherzer healthy and strong, and I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, my my guess, and I know he started throwing already. I don't think Degrom comes back until later than we think he's going to come back. So, like August first. I'm saying, yeah, August, middle of August, something like that. Um, Not yeah, I just, up in August. <laughs> I just think Atlanta and I think Philadelphia, again, you know, you saw what, what uh, Atlanta did last year. I think those are second-half kind of teams. I think that those teams – I mean, look, I hate to say it, but the Mets are kind of shooting their wad early. And I know it's a but, but here's the thing if you want to say it though this way, you could say the Yankees the same way. Take the wins now while you can get them because we're not talking Yankees, but you, you injuries come up, things happen, you go you know, winning streaks, losing streaks. You know, the Yankees are dealing with injuries in the bullpen. The Mets for the most part have been pretty healthy, and I think just like the Yankees were up until about two weeks ago. Uh, that's I think that's part of the factor why they are both in first place and dominating their divisions because. Trev, I know you said, well, they're, that division is not really competitive, but I agree with Joe. The Marlins, no one talks about the Marlins, but they got a really great young pitching staff, and watch out for that team in the next two, three years. If they spend a little money and they and they can grow their prospects. But the Braves last year were below 500 early in the season, and then they went on that huge stretch run in August, September, took over the lead and ended up winning the World Series. The Phillies should be better. I think the Nationals, though, will be tanking and selling. Um, I think eventually sooner than later, by the end of middle of June, we might have to start talking about what is Juan Soto. What do the Nationals do with Juan Soto? Do you hurry up and trade him and get everything you can possibly get for him? Because you're probably not going to re-sign him. I think with the deal that they had offered him in the offseason, if he didn't sign that, I don't think he signs with them. I think that's that's something that it, it's it already speaks. Because I don't think if they offered more money, it's like, yeah, I'm going to sign with the Nationals. I think it's more than just that, too. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I wanted to just close out the show quickly, and I know this is not going to help the the people out in the city of Uvalde, Texas. I just wanted to say, trust me, we're all thinking of you. I know that words can only go so far, but this, it's a, just like Steve Kerr said, enough is enough. You can't be the, innocent kids. It's not right. It's just not right. This country is just so screwed up, and we need to do something soon. Because innocent kids, innocent kids in little elementary schools are getting shot and killed. It's not good enough. This country yeah. needs to be better. I was going to the other day, Joe. I was, I was thinking about you, I, and I was I, thinking about my buddy Ralph, who has an eight-year-old daughter. I'm thinking, I couldn't even imagine. Like, man, I I'm not I, something happened, but I'm just thinking, like, Michael Kay went on the thing the other day and his emotional statement. And I, I told Trev I didn't really want to talk about it because I felt like it was, it's, I don't know, like, I think when Trev said it, like, the words can only do so much, like, things meant. I just want to, uh, hold, hold on. I, I'm not going to, we're not going to get into discussion about oh, this. I, know. I, I just was, wanted, I just wanted to say that, Joe, I know you're a father, you're a parent of a beautiful family. Ted, we have a mother that works in the school system. So, Trust me. You can't. Oh, I thought you were going to say something know your, about me. No, like, know, your, know, your, know your surroundings. Always be alert. It's just we need to be better as a country. We it, only, it's words, probably, only words. Only words it's can probably high so time we start putting police officers in schools. I mean, yeah. I 
I don't I don't know what the cost of that would look like, but we got to do something because so if they can put on right. road work, you can put it. You can hire another cop and put him in the building. Or you know so. what else? You know what else? When you bring back when the military guys come back and they need a job. There you go. Perfect. Guys who are used to guys combat when people are shooting at them. It's military guy, and it might help them with their PTSD working in the school system, being with kids. And my final, my my it's final thing is, in. my final thing is, the American people stop listening to these politicians. They don't care about us. And I don't. The more the the sooner we realize this, the sooner our country will be better. These politicians who have been in there for forty to fifty years, get them out, all of them, from top to bottom. This is not a, this is not me being a conservative. This is not me being a democratic person. This is me just saying, get them out of here because they don't care about us. And the moment we realize it, we're going to be a better country one day because this is enough. I'm sick of it. It's, it's heartbreaking. Little kids are getting killed. It's not good. People are getting killed in grocery stores. Everybody have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend as best you can to be safe and enjoy it. We'll be back next week. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.